When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here in the midst of the second half of the NBA season, Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today. Find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Jonathan Zaslow in tonight for hey, Ian Amber. Simmons. Hello, Zaslow. You can find him at Zaslow Show. You can find me, Amber Wilson, as well at Amber W Sports. So we are in the second half of the NBA season. Oh, we got finally. Raptors, Raptors <laughs> Hawks. Cavs 76ers, both those games tipping off in just a little less than 30 minutes from now. We will keep you updated on all the NBA action throughout Amber and Ian tonight. But we are here, Zazzle. This is when things actually get serious. We're past football season. We can turn our attention squarely to the NBA. And so can the NBA players themselves. Oh, well, I hope so. I hope so. Maybe now they start trying. You know, the first few days of this week, obviously the All-Star game was a disgrace, but at least it gave us the first couple of days this week something to talk about, you know, something to complain about because, man, the first few days of this week, late February, woof. So finally the NBA comes back last night. I mean, pretty much everybody played. And and, and you're right. Hopefully it's about these guys realizing, you know what, let's – Let's get out there. Let's play. We got the home stretch now. Come on, Amber. Get fired up. Uh, I am fired up. Uh, Mostly everybody played last night. Of course, LeBron James needed a little bit more rest coming off of the rest. So some of the game's biggest players still didn't bother to play. No, but you know what? The second half of the season, Golden State did beat the Lakers 128 to 110. Yeah, but you know what? I'll take any chance I can get to be critical of LeBron. I can't be critical of him for that last night. You know, he could. He's playing a back-to-back. Like he's going to play tonight. And clearly, he he was hurt, and he still decided to show... Like, would you have preferred he not played in the All-Star game? Would that have made it look more legitimate he, last night? Did he play in the All-Star game? Yeah, only that, 14 minutes. No, but that... Oh, that was playing? That he was well, playing? okay. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. But he, he went out there at the All-Star game. The fans voted he him. He was there. He was on the court. So he showed up, even though he flew in from wherever he was, like a pizza or something. On Sunday afternoon, he flies in, plays the game, gets back so out of there. of him. You know, so I, I can't crush LeBron for sitting out last night. I can't. I can't. I, I'm still crushing LeBron. He had a week off. I get it that he had some ankle thingy going on. He he missed practice as they headed into the All-Star break. He missed the last game, I believe, that the Lakers played before they headed into oh, the yeah. All-Star Oh, yeah. That's break. right. He had to rest before the break. Yeah, you so got to rest rested, before your break. So that's the point. He rested before the break for a couple of days. Then there was the week-long break. And then he's rested now on the back end yeah. of the break. He after the break as well. We're very rested uh, as we go into the game I hope so. tonight. Uh, well, goodness, we hope so. Uh, the Lakers are taking on who tonight? I Spurs. Spurs. There you go. Thank yeah, you. Spurs. Appreciate you. Lakers, Spurs tonight, 10.30 p.m. tip off. So here's the question as we enter the second half of the NBA season and bleep starts getting real, Zaslow, as I the hope kids so. say. Who is it championship or bust for? Because Ooh. there are teams in the NBA that this yeah. is it. Yeah. It's all or not of the season, championship or bust. Do or Who die. Do Either win or die. the championship or you die. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a little dramatic. Uh, Probably instead of dying, they're just going to continue to go on to make hundreds of millions of dollars, but maybe on some other team. So the iteration of the team that we're seeing may, in a sense, be dead after the season if not for winning a Do championship, if you want to, if you want to chime into this conversation, who is it championship or bust for this NBA season? Triple eight, say ESPN. Zazla, who you got? Okay. My, I mean, first up for me is the team that I think is right at the center of the biggest story in the league. The final third of the season here. It's definitely championship or bust for the Milwaukee Bucks, all right? It's championship or bust for the Bucks, and if we want to actually look at the, you know, participating parties here as far as who has the most pressure or, you know, uh, 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 who it's championship or bust for in that scenario, you may be surprised that I'm going to tell you it's not Damian Lillard. I don't think Damian Lillard's the one who you look at and you point at him and you blame if they don't win the championship. Lillard's never been in this spot, and Lillard... Whatever Giannis wants to say that it's Damian Lillard's team, which A, is not true, and B, he's <laughs> lying, all right? Giannis the is right the there. guy. Giannis is the guy. So for Bucks, it's championship or bust for sure for the Bucks. And I think you're looking straight at Giannis as the guy that needs to be at the, the, the center of the focus there. So I think Giannis has the most pressure on him. And I know Ian and I had a conversation last night about Giannis becoming less likable because of all this pressure, because it's starting to become obvious, and this happens to all the megastars, right? It's becoming obvious that Giannis is the one pulling some puppet strings there, certainly having a lot to do with hirings and firings and, and what, who they're bringing in and everything's Correct. at least, at the very least, going with Giannis's blessing. And so when things don't go according to plan or things don't work out with his blessing, then all of a sudden the tides turn a little yeah. bit. You get a little bit less likable. We've seen it with the LeBrons of the world. I think that we're going to see it with Giannis a little bit. And traditionally Giannis has been a very funny guy, very personable, right? I think very kind of very happy go lucky for a lot of times. And maybe we're kind of seeing a slightly different side of him. I think he has the pressure, but I don't know if I believe that, things change with Giannis if they don't win a championship. Now, I agree with you. I also have the Bucks on my list. I have the Bucks in a championship or bust situation. If they don't win a championship, I don't think Doc Rivers is the head coach anymore. Next, Henry wow. Doc Rivers wants to be the head coach this season, frankly. He seems like he wants to still be in a booth, uh, which is strange because it's his decision th- not to be. I think they're paying three coaches right now for only one of them to coach the team this year. I think they, they might be play- paying four uh, coming next season if they don't win a championship. I could see them moving Dame if they don't win a championship. I, I could have a hard time believing that it will be Giannis that ends up, though, being the sacrificial lamb for any of this. Now, Wendy did mention yesterday what that just because Giannis signed an extension with this team in the offseason doesn't mean yeah. that he can't force his way out. All that yeah. means is the Bucks have security there. They would get something pretty monstrous back, obviously, if Giannis tries to force his way out. I still have a hard time believing Milwaukee does anything. I mean, they have bent over backwards to make that dude happy. So I think it's championship or bust, but I don't think it's like bust they're going to lose to Giannis if they don't win the championship. Well, and also It'll the part... a different iteration of this team. Also, the part there that would bother me, Amber, is it's not like this is some long-suffering player in Giannis... They won the title three years ago. Uh, you know, like if they don't win the title this year, he's gonna he's gonna request to be traded. He's got to get out. You're wasting my time here. It was three <laughs> years ago. Three years. Gotta Come on. Win. Who do you got? Who do you got? Up year four. Okay, so I think that that is a is a good nomination. Yeah. Uh, for me, I would have the Los Angeles Clippers 
on that list as well for championship or bust. Now, Kawhi still has years left on his contract. Paul George has a player option after this season. And then yeah, Kawhi just signed USA an extension. Kawhi did. He just signed an extension. So he's under contract. Paul George is not. He does not have an extension in place right now. And, and Kawhi, Harden, it's not like Kawhi would ask to leave if they didn't win this year because he doesn't talk. No one's ever heard him speak. So No one's like, ever heard him. I mean, we've probably seen him play some seasons as well. James Harden is an unrestricted free agent after this season. I feel like that Clippers team has looked good on paper for so many years. And because of the injuries, they've flown under the radar for so many years. This is the year that they've looked great, and it feels like they've got to blow things up if they can't get it done this season. So I feel like it's championship or bust. I feel like I know we've been saying that trepidatiously for a while, but it feels like it should be championship or bust for the Clippers. I agree that it's championship or bust for the Clippers, and I look at both Kawhi and Paul George as essentially a package deal there as the guys who the blame will be put squarely on the shoulders of. Yes, Kawhi Leonard has already shown what he's capable of, winning the title in 2019 with the Raptors, and he was probably the best player in the world during that stretch run. Paul George has never won anything, but it really seems like, because the two of them are playing, especially Kawhi. I think he's only his five games so far this year. He's playing back-to-backs. He's out there playing, and I really believe Kawhi's an MVP candidate. So Mm -hmm. if you're an MVP candidate, and it really seems like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have decided, maybe amongst themselves, you know what? We got to get out there, and we got to shut everybody up. We got to show them that this thing that we put together five years ago, that it's going to work. And so with that said, I think the two of them are a package there, there, that it's both of them who you point at and say championship or bust. Maybe they know it is championship or bust, and that's why they're actually out there playing basketball for us. Triple Eight, say ESPN. If you want to chime into this conversation, I still have several other teams on my list as well. But who is on your list? Who in the NBA is it championship or bust for this season? Do or die. Seven two nine. A little dramatic. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. That's next here on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is it championship or bust for in the NBA this season. Triple eight, say ESPN. If you want to join the conversation here on Amber and Ian, Jonathan Zaslow is filling yeah. in for Ian tonight. 888-729-3776 is how you get in touch with us. Zaslow and I have already gone through a couple of our teams that we think it's do or die. Do or die. Very dramatic. Uh, championship or bust for this season. We said the Milwaukee Bucks 
and the Los Angeles Clippers were the two teams that we've discussed so far. Give me another one, Zaz. Okay, so we already got a pair there. The third that I'm going with is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, you may say to yourself, yeah, you may be be out there saying, wow, the same reaction as Amber. Minnesota Timberwolves is a team with – you know, no real winning. They, they've never been to an NBA Finals. Matter of fact, it's really only one year that that franchise has, you know, been a top team. It was back with Garnett and Latrell Sprewell and Sam Cassell. We're talking, you know, almost 20 years ago. But I go Minnesota Timberwolves because if you're in first place in the West, if you finish first place in the West and you were in first place in the West the entire season, If you're statistically at the top of every major defensive category and you go into the postseason number one in the Western Conference, that's got to count for something. Like, expectations change. Certainly the expectation going into the season for Minnesota wasn't do or die, wasn't championship or bust, but expectations change. And now you look at this Minnesota team, if you're the number one seed, and by the way, a Western Conference that looks like it's going to be a bloodbath once the postseason starts – then you're a championship or bust team. And I'll tell you, the guy that I look right at is Carl Anthony Towns. He's the guy. Because Rudy Gobert, considering everything they gave up for him last year and how he's transformed their defense, he's not going anywhere. Anthony Edwards, he's not going anywhere. For me, it's championship or bust if you're the number one team in the West. And if it doesn't work, I'm looking right at Carl Anthony Towns where maybe finally there's an expiration date on his time in Minnesota. How about Man, that? I, I, how about that? I vehemently disagree. I, I, I am shocked that they are part of the conversation. They're a team, like you said, sitting atop the conference. They're having a phenomenal season. I feel like that in and of itself is mission accomplished to the extent that you know they're going to make the postseason. If they have even a decent postseason run, then you just run it back next season with all these pieces that are still under contract. You have a 22-year-old Anthony Edwards. Carl Anthony Towns is still, what, he's 28 years old. He's still ain't 30. Rudy Gobert even is only 31. I mean, this team... It seems like these pieces are, frankly, the perfect fit together. They really found their groove. I I just don't think anything happens if they don't actually win the championship this season. I know what you're saying. You have to capitalize it when you're hot and when you're right there. I just also think they'd get an opportunity to be hot and right there again because of how young that team is. Uh, You've been wrong before. It's all right. Whatever. I don't know if I agree with that selection, but there's there's a nomination for us all, and that's Zaslow's nomination. Triple H, say ESPN, if you have one as well. I would say... The Dallas Mavericks are championship or bust. Now, does that mean that Luka is no longer going to be on the Dallas Mavericks if they don't win a championship? Probably not. Well, remember, you got to keep your NBA superstar happy. That's a very big deal. They all have to be very happy. And wasn't it Jokic that said, like, he can come to Denver? There's a lot of flirting going on between those two. They're BFF, those two. However... If I'm Dallas, he ain't ever going anywhere uh, as, as long as I can try to sink my teeth into him. Kyrie Irving would be going somewhere after this season, right? Like, that's going to be a wrap if it doesn't result in a championship. Well, remember— now, Kyrie is under contract for a couple more years, but still, you'd, you'd move him. You'd rem- try to move off of him. Remember, we spoke about this last week on a, on a great segment here on Amber Neen that we call uh, uh, Kendrick Perkins Says Crazy Things, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and he said he knows, without giving the name of the player, he knows a superstar who's going to the Lakers next year. I think he's talking about Kyrie. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, and there's been a lot of other names, by the way, that have been thrown out since you and I had that conversation. Oh, is that right? Of who Kendrick Perkins might be talking about that are not Kyrie Irving. But it is, if it is Kyrie, and it might be Kyrie, uh, that falls flat because the Kyrie, LeBron, I mean, man, I, I feel like that's it's just not news. We've been talking about it for so darn right. long, frankly. Right. <laughs> that was like the least exciting of the names. We all we all thought it would be somebody from out of left field that we weren't expecting who could be joining the Lakers. I the agree with you about the Mavs, by the way. I do. But I do I- think the Mavs blow it up. I mean, outside of Luka, again, blow it up, I use in, in air quotes. But yeah, I mean, there are it, this iteration of the Mavs will not exist, I don't think, if they don't win a championship this season. Especially with the Mavericks. You look at they spent all the money on Kyrie Irving this past offseason. And you look at what the New York Knicks are doing. And Jalen Brunson was ready to sign four years, $55 million extension a couple years ago with the Dallas Mavericks. They passed on it. They let him walk for nothing. And they gave all that money to Kyrie Irving. And Jalen Brunson is 10 times the player Kyrie Irving is. I I think it's championship or bust for the Mavericks. And I do think there's pressure on Luka. Triple Eight say ESPN. Charles is calling us from Maryland. Charles, who do you think is it's championship or bust for in the NBA? Well, right now I'm looking at Phoenix for all they have going on. Uh, I think the Phoenix Suns, uh, they have a lot to prove. They did get close last year, but they need to really move move on uh, getting that championship ring. It's It's been never for them, right? And my other thing is, with LeBron, when he retires, who's the next polarizing figure in in, in the NBA that people can look to? That's all I got. Y'all take care. You want to take the back part first? Like, if, if LeBron... When LeBron is done, who's the next polarizing player? Polarizing. Well, the polarizing thing also has to come from somebody who we care enough about to catapult into that category. It can't be polarizing like Kyrie's polarizing, right? But we're talking like next face of the league that also ends up being polarizing because by the very nature of them essentially being the face of the league, right? Yeah, I mean, I I think – and Steph Curry is not polarizing, you know, he's he's essentially beloved. You know, it really, really doesn't go mm. both ways with Steph Curry. Throwing the mouthpieces. He gets away with a lot of whining. That, that's yeah, he's still likable. His face is so likable, baby face. I, I mean, Kevin Kevin Durant is pretty polarizing, but Durant's also getting up there in age. It's too He's too old. Uh, yeah. He's too old, I think, to, to put into that category. I, I think some of this lends itself to who's going to be the next face of the league. And then also, the problem is, they don't become full polarizing until, frankly, they are. Like how I was just joking about Steph Curry. Like, Steph Curry is super likable until he goes to, you know, what, five straight NBA finals. And then I'm like, yeah, get this guy out of my life. You know, it, it, it's that's just how it goes. The, the winning has to promote the constant winning, the rings and all of it, the hype. That's what ends up bringing the polarization a lot of the times. So I don't know who that would be applicable for. Like the next faces of the league are, you know, the Anthony Edwards or maybe even more in terms of a more recent would be Jason Tatum. Maybe he's more poised to be that. I don't think Jason Tatum's polarizing. But definitely not right polarizing. Now. I mean, there's nothing interesting about Jason Tatum, right. if you ask me. He is definitely not Shea polarizing. Gilgis, Alexander, a lot of people say, is like an, a face of the league eventually. Not polarizing right now. So, the Suns part of it, though, one thousand percent. The Suns. It is. I mean, it, it's do or die for the Suns. They either okay, do it and win the it? championship, or they die. Okay, well, no one's dying. Uh, we hope, uh, but we wish you all well, uh, everybody on the Phoenix Suns. However, I feel like people are going to say that. But what actually happens if they don't win the championship? Oh, I don't think it has to be that something happens. I mean, they're all under contract. Yeah, I don't think it has. Although you're going to then get the whole oh, is Kevin Durant going to ask out? You know, we we already had that earlier this year. 
that, but where the hell would KD go to? I mean, yes, he's got years left on his deal. Yes, he could, I guess, force his way out of another place. But like, where, where, where are you going to if you can't win a championship with Bradley Beal and Devin Booker? Like, what? Like, where are you going mm-hmm. to? I, but, but that is, is the expectation. He a Anything that would team up with LeBron? That'd be crazy. That's who Kendrick Perkins is talking about. <laughs> I mean, if you thought people the were Lakers mad when he went to the Warriors, wait till you see what happens when he forces his way to the Lakers to play with LeBron and AD. Be amazing, isn't <laughs> that be Triple Say ESPN. Curtis is calling us from North Carolina. Curtis, thanks for your patience. Who is it championship or bust for? Man, y'all are all over the place tonight. I, I, my head is all over the place now. Y'all have said so many different teams, but um, I really think it's Boston. And I think when we say championship or bust, we have to think about a team that we've already seen or visualized in the championship, like a Boston, like a Phoenix. Those are teams where it's more like a, a championship or bust because they were right there on the cusp and it was almost done. Um, I, like, like you could say Miami, but you can't, you can't really put that type of expectation on a Miami. It would be more on like a Boston or a Phoenix. Thank you for the call. I mean, the Boston category falls into what you just said about the Timberwolves category, right? We're talking about a team 100%. that has all the pieces atop of the standings. And so you feel like they're in the position to do it. And, and with the Celtics, I, I the cha- the I do think the pressure is higher, of course, because also they've been there, right? It's like Eastern Conference. Now we're in the NBA. Fi- we can't. Get they've been on this train for five years now. Like the they're rim. they're ab- even if the Celtics weren't the number one seed, they've been on this train for five years now. Every year with this core is championship or bust for the Boston Celtics, a hundred percent. But what actually, I mean, and we've seen, some, obviously, we have seen that team busted up to some degree, and we've seen pieces move in and out of that team. The core there of Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown. I, I don't think anything happens if those guys, frankly, don't win a championship this season. And Chris Stapps seems like a really good addition to those guys as well. But at the same time, you're right. They have been in that position over mm-hmm. and over and over again. At some point, they've got to capitalize on being in that position. And I do think the pressure ramps up on Jason Tatum in a season where right now he's in the MVP conversation. Coming up next, we will continue to take your calls. Who has the most pressure on them, championship or bust, in the NBA? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Is it do or die for this NBA season? Triple H say ESPN. We are asking you. We are also telling you ourselves who we think it is do or die for. Jonathan Zaslow. Do or die. Jonathan Zaslow. He's filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Robert is kind enough to call us from Mississippi. Hey, Robert, thanks for the call. Who is it championship or bust for this season in the NBA? Uh, I'm going to go with the number four team in the West, and that's the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Here we are after the All-Star break, and hardly anybody's talking about them, and they have practically the same team that they had last year when they steamrolled everyone to win the title. Thanks for the call. I mean, the only I don't agree, I don't Amber. agree with that, Zaz, I don't agree. is because they 
they just won it, yeah. like he said, right? Yeah. And, and so I feel like you get a window. There's there's a window there for if you win a championship. You built a little equity immediately. Yeah, right. it's it's not this massive. Obviously, they're they're a championship favorite. But if they fall short, no one's pointing at them saying this is a disgrace. This is a massive disappointment. They just won. We know how good they are. They're not going to win every year. So I I disagree. I do not think it's a, a championship or bust type of scenario, as if the whole season's a bust. Look, it's the first time. It, it could be difficult that very next year. Number one, it's definitely difficult to win back-to-back titles. All right, obviously. Of course. But for the first time for that team, they took their season into mid-June. So you, you, for the first time ever, you get that short turnaround, you know? And, and, you know, you see how they react to it. And obviously they're fine. I mean, they're 37-19. But I, I do not believe that there's that type of pressure on the Nuggets that there is the other teams we've been talking about. It, is yeah, this I mean, like, Jokic is under... Sorry, we, we kind of did this uh, before the Super Bowl with a, a similar discussion whenever it was the 49ers. Way of the Chiefs into the conversation. I know. I, I don't mean to, but this is where... This is kind of... It just, it like, triggered a thing in me. Like, we talked about... Like who needs to who needed to win in the Super Bowl more? And on the surface, like obviously the 49ers haven't done it before, or the, you know that version of the 49ers hasn't done it before. But there was a case to be made for the Chiefs also. Like it's I I feel like it was a very weak to be case, case to be made, one that we were just making because we needed content for sports that's not radio. True. That's not true. Nobody was making that case, James. <laughs> it was a dumb case. It wasn't a what dumb it case. Was. It was it was it was it was, it, it was one you had to think about a little bit. But I but I think that the Nuggets are in a spot where they could very well win another one. They're in a great spot, and like it's hard to do it. Like, and if you can do it again with practically the same team that you have, I mean, I it's it might not it might not be the right answer. I don't think it has ridiculous. to be this year, but I would be surprised if the Nuggets with Jokic do not win again. But it, it doesn't have to be this year. It, the the argument for this and the argument for the Chiefs, if I had to make the argument, if somebody forced me, the argument would be that this is the championship window and that we're squarely still in it and you have to capitalize when I you're in your window. championship window. That's the argument. But I agree with you, Zaslo. I think it's a big window. It's and if you window. have a big window in that sport, then you don't have to win it immediately the right. next season, right? right? Nobody's going anywhere. Now, with the Chiefs, you can make an argument like, is Andy Reid going to retire? He's in his 60s. That kind of conversation. We can't have that conversation about Denver in the NBA. Jokic is under contract for years to come. Unless you're very scared that he's going to retire and go home to play with his horses, which may be a real fear if you're a Denver Nuggets fan. But short of that, I feel like he likes being in Denver. He's not the type to force his way out anytime soon. And that championship window will be there while he is there. Triple Eight, say ESPN. We appreciate when you chime into the conversation. Curtis is calling us from Vermont. Curtis, thanks for the call. Who is it championship or bust for? Well, first of all, I love your show, and I love the fun you have on your show. And I agree with the other Curtis. It's the Boston Celtics, but I think it's the coaching staff that it's a win or die for. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's an angle. That's, that's a, good point. a good point. Because we have not been doing that enough, I think, with the coaching staffs. And that's you're absolutely right. There you could see, hey, you have all this talent. Clearly, you can't work it out. And we've seen that with Boston before. The upheaval, though, is I also think problematic and has been particularly problematic. As good as Jason Tatum. 
career has been, you can make a strong argument that the constant change there has, you know, potentially hindered the advancement and, and made it a bit slower than otherwise it would have been, even though it's been obviously pretty phenomenal. Missoula was never supposed to be the guy. And last year, the situation was thrust upon him. He came up very, very small in the big spots last year. So this year, he got to choose his staff. You make some changes on the coaching staff. He gets a training camp. He gets the entire season, you know, with, a, with at least, a, 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 you know, a previous year under his belt. If Missoula, once again, and by the way, he's terrible with the media, Missoula. Right. So it doesn't help his case. That. If he, if again he comes up small in a big spot, there will be a ton of pressure. I think it's an excellent point. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Taking that angle of it for the Boston Celtics. Otherwise, I don't know if I agree. Although we have a couple nominations for the Boston Celtics tonight. Triple Eight say ESPN. Leroy is calling us from Minneapolis. Hey, Leroy, thanks for the call. Who is it? Championship or bust for in the NBA? Yeah, thank you guys for taking my call. Uh, I got two answers, and I'll be super quick. Um, the most polarizing player after LeBron will be, mark my words, Luka Doncic. Why? Because of the, the Euro bias versus the American bias already polarizes people with Luka, and he doesn't play defense. He's going to have a long career. He's going to score tons of points. He's going to be an all-time great player. We all know that. He's not going to get injured. He has the same game as Steph. You know, they're not dependent on athleticism. So I think it's Luka. And then the most the uh, it's 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 the box man. Doc Rivers is Doc Rivers is the single he's the man with the single most pressure on him in the entire NBA. In my opinion, there's so much pressure on Doc. I it hurts watching. So that's all, that's all I got to say about that. I'll take my uh, response offline. Yeah, thank, thanks. thanks for the call. Uh, here's the thing with Doc though, because I already said Zaslow that I do think the Bucks are championship or bust. I don't think Doc Rivers is the head coach of Milwaukee next year if they don't win a championship. But I think a lot of that has to do with Doc as well. The only reason that I don't really think that necessarily amounts to the pressure on Doc is because I don't even does he even want to be coaching the Milwaukee Bucks? Like he seemed very comfortable taking a booth job as well. Doc Rivers clearly has options. He obviously has a championship. We know that. He's been living off of it for the last fifteen years. So I don't I don't know if he needs it for his own legacy, in other words. Like he's going to be respected either way. I don't agree with first of all, the first part about Luca, I think you're right about that. The part that I would add to one. Luca's case is he also is nonstop complaining. So in that case, it does make him very polarizing. So I think you're, I think you're probably on point with Luca. As far really as Doc not. Rivers, I I do not believe. I, I think it's ridiculous. Matter of fact, for all this pressure to be on Doc Rivers, the pressure was on the Milwaukee Bucks from the get go. From they were already a championship or bus, essentially a championship or bus team because guess what. They won the championship a few years ago, so that's obviously the expectation for any team that Giannis is on moving forward. But the moment that they traded for Damian Lillard, everything got ratcheted up several notches. Doc Rivers wasn't there. Doc Rivers' presence or non-presence has nothing to do with the pressure on this Milwaukee Bucks team. The reason that the, the conversation is so loud around Doc Rivers right now is because he's never met an excuse he didn't like. It's because the team fired a coach who was 30 and 13, and now Doc is 3 and 7 since. So, yes, the volume has been turned up to a 10 in regard to Doc Rivers. But there being the most pressure on Doc in this situation, that to me is ridiculous.
I just, I, Doc just goes off into the sunset and he's just still Doc. And then he comes back here and he gets a job here. And I mean, that's reality, right? And if you want another head coaching job in the future, you could get one. I mean, that's kind of the, the story of Doc. Although I don't know if he's going to slide in right back into that number one team there next to J.J. Redick. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. something to say. J.J. Eh? might have something to say about that. Triple H, say ESPN. Ralph has been holding on from Virginia. Ralph, thanks for your patience. Who is it championship or bust for? Did we lose Ralph? He's no longer patient. Ralph is no longer patient. Triple H say ESPN. Mordecai is calling us from North Carolina. Mordecai, I know you are patient. Thanks for your call. Who is it championship or bust for? Yeah. Hey, y'all. Yeah. Good to uh, talk to you. You know, I've been listening to the answers and I'm thinking, you know, I'm surprised no one said the the LA Clippers. Um, I think it's their time. You know, Kawhi's playing well. Uh, he's healthy. Paul George is uh, is playing well. You got James Harden. You got Russ coming in there. You know, I, I like the Clippers. I really think it's their time. I don't, you know, do or die. That might be a little strong. Do or I die. Do. I think it's more do. Uh, Thank you for the call, Mordecai. I think one of the reasons that maybe the nomination hasn't been made is I may have taken some of the wind out of the sails because that was one of the first nominations that I made. Yeah, Yeah. I said said for my team that I would actually say the Los Angeles Clippers, also because Paul George's contract is expiring. He's got a player option next season. You've got James Harden contract. James Harden, it's going to completely expire. He will be a free agent after this season. So this iteration of a very good Los Angeles Clippers team. Just James Harden's completely expiring. Do or die. Do or die. This iteration of the Clippers, I think, frankly, will do just that. If they don't win another, if they don't win a championship right now, Kawhi's having a phenomenal season. He's actually healthy. The pieces are actually healthy. So they're sort of out of excuses for once. Frank is calling us from Austin. Frank, thanks for the call. Who is championship or bust this season in the NBA? Oh, thank you so much for taking my call. I love your show. I go back to what that gentleman said about the Denver Nuggets because uh, when the Spurs never were able to win a back-to-back championship, you have so many pundits that believe that they're not considered a true dynasty because they never went back-to-back even though they won five in 19 years. Thank you so much. You know, I, I, like, I guess you could have the conversation about dynasty with the Spurs, but... I don't feel like anybody takes away from what the Spurs did over the span of, you know, their first title was 99, the fifth one was 14, we're talking 16 seasons there. I don't think anyone takes away from what they did just because they did not win back-to-back. The Spurs actually tend to be the example for the other team that I was going to put on this list that no one's nominated, I don't think. And did we bring it up Bring it up yet? Which to me is the Golden State Warriors. To me, they are championship or bust this season. Because I don't think that this Golden State team looks the same if they don't win a championship. I think this is true. I don't think there's any expectation there, though. I don't think there's any this expectation. Is, this is the end of the championship win. I know we've said it before, and then they went and won a championship in, in 21-22. Nevertheless, because it felt like... After KD got hurt, that that was already the window, and the window had already closed, and then they had a couple down years, and then apparently the window wasn't closed. However, now it feels like the window's actually going to be closed. Yeah, I think it's closed already. It this, I think it is too, but it, they it, there's still a possibility, obviously, that they could get it done this season. The Spurs are that team that people point to as really the only example in NBA history of the team that was able to kind of tread water between the championship 
iterations there where you're able to win championships with like multiple versions of the Spurs and tread water in between. And otherwise it's not easy to do, you know, like the bulls have all the success in the nineties and then they, where have they been since, you know, like you fall off a cliff normally for, they were terrible before and and terrible after. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's what normally happens with these sort of epic coming together teams and and these dynasty type teams. And with the Warriors, they are very clearly trying to institute a treading water type implementation where we're bringing in the new talent while the old talent is still there. And really the only time that's worked is in San Antonio. It's really never worked anywhere else in NBA history. So it'll be interesting to see in Golden State. I don't think it's going to work in Golden State, but we will see. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, I'm going to have to explain the latest NCAA NIL news to Zaslow like he's a five-year-old. That's next on ESPN Radio. So we've been having a lot of fun about the NBA, Zaslow. It's time to get serious. Okay, I'm going to put my lawyer hat on. This is my favorite thing to do. And oh my god, you're you're like so excited. There's there. I could see. I could see because you know we could see each other on a Zoom call here during the show. I could see a a twinkle in your eye. You are so excited. Uh, your lawyer husband's probably running around the house as well, shouting mm-hmm. out about this new NCAA NIL deal. Just looking for somebody to yell at about how interesting and how exciting this story is. It's not a deal. Uh, it's it's a ruling, and and more specifically, it's a temporary injunction. So, but so, it actually may signal the end of the NCAA. But a little behind the curtain, James, our producer, right before the show, he texts us an article on this because the news broke about this court ruling in Tennessee, and he says, "Amber, what the hell does this mean?" And so I connect to our studio and I start to explain it. And I'm probably 20 seconds in. And James, it starts falling asleep. His eyes are rolling in the back of his head. He's like yawning. (laughs) I think our boss leaves the room at one point. He's tired of it. I'm like 20 seconds into this thing. I'm like, okay. Uh, You connected to the studio and you went right into material. Not even a hello. How you do just right into material. In fairness, he asked me. What does this mean? And I was explaining what it means. Yeah, that was answering the question, James. It was uh, that was that was a, a mistake on my part. That was <laughs> that was my bad, and it cleared the room. And, All right, well, let's uh, knocked a couple and then people what was, out. What was funnier is then my husband, who is a lawyer as well. He he run he comes into my office totally not hearing that conversation. Yeah. By the way, having knowing nothing about this, he breaks into my office yeah. and he says, "Are you guys going to talk about the Tennessee ruling tonight? You have to." Oh, he's and never been more excited to hear a segment on your so, show than he is right now. My household's so excited, James. Like if you so weren't working bored. right now, are you and your husband sitting outside? Maybe you got a little little fire going outside. You each got a you pour yourself a drink. Maybe you got a glass of wine. You're just talking about it. NCA and I all ruling. It's amazing. This injunction. What a night. The end of the they have NCAA. no books. They're taking notes. Just a romantic <laughs> night outside the, the Wilson Manor Sounds between so husband hot. and wife talking law. So romantic. I don't, I don't see the problem. Uh, so so what's NCAA going on? is screwed. Uh, that's what's going on. The NCAA is screwed. I, this, this shows, and in a court today in Tennessee, they granted a preliminary injunction that prohibits the NCAA from punishing any athletes or boosters for negotiating NIL deals during the recruiting process or why they were while they were in the transfer portal. So basically, 
there used to be a prohibition from the NCAA when you're recruiting somebody to your university to come play at your university on them being able to simultaneously negotiate NIL deals. Or if they're in the transfer portal, they cannot negotiate NIL deals. And so what that effectively does. So they had to actually sign with the school first. They had to. Right. They had to actually declare for the school first. And what it was trying to do is it was trying to the NCAA was trying to, in effect, prohibit this I, recruitment with a bidding war they're trying to right? prevent a bidding war right but it wasn't actually preventing anything because they were still allowed to talk to the student athletes and what was happening is the student athletes were still having these conversations where they were being told hey this could be what your worth is here uh, with our booster collective or this could be what's available to you if you come and so it was a lot of could coulda woulda shoulda right so you still had an idea if you were a student athlete what you're going to get paid (laughs) but you couldn't actually sign any deals until you yourself committed and so it puts the student athlete in a vicarious situation where you're just relying essentially on people's words because Mm -hmm. nothing can be in writing. And that was essentially what was happening. The Tennessee court says this seems like an antitrust violation. It hasn't actually been determined to be that, but this is a, because this is preliminary while this court case is going on. However, this is a huge blow because it's another brick in the wall that is the NCAA crumbling because of antitrust violations in cases for years now, all throughout the court system across the country. We've seen it time and time again. And what it means, Aslo, is most likely all the pending cases against the NCAA right now are going to a mountain court's ruling that they are that they are antitrust violations. And essentially, it is the end of the NCAA, if that in fact happens. Now, this, again, is a preliminary injunction. So this isn't dropping the hammer, but it means the hammer's coming. Well, when you likely. say this is the end of the NCAA, what does that mean? It means that this is probably the end of the NCAA because the NCAA has very few powers left. And one of the very few powers it had was this prohibition, was being able to punish programs like we saw with Florida State. Remember, Florida State just got in trouble because it had somebody who was a representative of the Booster Collective that met with a student athlete. And there was a conversation, essentially a promise made there. I, I don't I don't have okay. the details in front of me, but you remember that whole thing? Okay. And they mm-hmm. got in trouble. That's the type of thing now that, that, that isn't going to end up happening. So that was one of the few areas where the NCAA was still trying to flex their power was in this way, this prohibition against recruiting with NIL deals and against the transfer portal recruitment with NIL deals. And you so- take that away from the NCAA. And basically at this point, the NCAA is just rendered useless because all these antitrust lawsuits have taken all the power out of the hands of the NCAA and put it squarely in the hands of the student athlete. So wouldn't we just assume, like, why wouldn't every player now every year enter the transfer portal and see who's willing to offer them the most money? Oh, they're going to. It's, it's, so we already think of this as the wild, wild west out there, which these universities are sort of against this, and that's why they're trying to get Congress involved because at this point, that's the last hope. Now that... The court systems have ruled this way and are trending this way. Congress is kind of the next call, but that's not happening anytime soon. The wild, wild west is about to get more wild. I am out of time. I loved this segment. 